Hey there, and welcome to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now, the podcast that's all about helping you navigate the sometimes terrifying and humbling journey of becoming the boss your business needs you to be. I'm your host, Jackie Koch, and I've been in the trenches building, recruiting, and HR programs for over 15 years. From hiring to firing and everything in between, I've seen it all. Technically, I have an MBA, but I can say with total confidence that I learned more about scaling teams working in high growth startups for the last seven years. This podcast is not going to bring you corporate red tape or high level theory. It's more like a fireside chat with your friend, the one who always tells you the real hard, honest truth that's sometimes annoying. That's going to be me from time to time. We'll dive into the real talk about what it means to lead, to manage, and to build a team when all of a sudden you look around the room and you're like, oh shit, I'm the one in charge. No BS, just actionable advice and stories from people just like you. So whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur, a newbie boss, or somewhere in the middle, oh shit, I'm the boss now is your go-to source for insights, inspiration, and the occasional, hopefully more than occasional, aha moment that'll make your journey smoother and more successful. So grab your coffee, your notepad, or just sit back and enjoy the ride because together we're going to tackle the challenges, celebrate the victories, and learn from the mishaps we all make. It's time to step into your role of boss with confidence, grace, and for the love of God, a little bit of humor. Hey, welcome back to the show, and I had a chat with you today. It's January, and I decided for the solo episode this month to kind of focus on some compliance, things that come up when it relates to compliance and all of that. And I've been asked, actually quite a bit, from a lot of people who maybe are hiring for the first time, they're like freaked out to do it right. And one, I applaud you for wanting to do it right. And two, you can chill out a little bit. It's not as scary as you think. And so I figured I would record an episode sharing literally what you need to do legally to hire somebody. And then also talk about some of the best practices to ensure that the hire is more likely to be successful. Because those are a couple different things. And so when people are freaking out, I don't know what to do to hire them. I believe they're mostly thinking about what do I have to do to make sure I do it right? And by right, I'm under the assumption it's to follow the law. And then there's also what should I do to create the best outcome? Make sure that this person is successful and stays with the company. And those are two different things, to be honest. And so let's start out with what it is that you need to do just baseline to do it right in air quotes. And it's actually really not as scary as you think. You don't actually have to have anybody sign an offer letter, to be honest. You don't actually have to like have any sort of formal documentation of what they're doing. It's best practice to do that so that you're on the same page and you have some things covered, but it's not actually required by any one being or anything like that. One thing you do want to do is a quick Google search of new hire paperwork requirement in XYZ state. That's just like best practice. In California, you're going to find there's a couple forms that you need to provide to people, one of which is a form that you indicate what their pay rate is when they get paid. 
and when their start date is, I think. I'd have to look at the form to see what's on there and send it to them. But that's really what's required is nothing. You don't have to do an offer letter. I do suggest that you do have some sort of an offer documentation of what you're providing to them so there's no question and it helps avoid any confusion after the person starts. But really what you need to do to legally have somebody or properly, I won't even say legally, to properly hire somebody is to first, you need to make sure that you have an EIN, which I'm sure you do. If you are in a position where you're hiring people, you've been filing taxes. You maybe even are like paying yourself. So you probably have that. But if you don't, I'm going to tell you, you need to get one. The second is to set up payroll and withholding taxes. So you need to have a system so that you can withhold taxes from the employee's paycheck. So think federal tax, Social Security, Medicare, state and local taxes as well. If you have an accountant who is doing this for you, a lot of times people who come to me are like, or even myself, I have an accounting team that runs a payroll for me through my S-Corp and all that stuff. Should I decide that I want to hire somebody, I could go to them and be like, hey, I need to set this person up with a payroll and they'd be able to help me out. So you can first go to your accountant to see, hey, can you help me with processing payroll for this new hire? If that is something that they're not able to do for some reason, you just have a bookkeeper. I don't know why they wouldn't be able to, but let's just pretend they couldn't. You could then look up some sort of a payroll software that's available to you. There are hundreds, honestly. I really like Gusto. I really like Rippling. I've used other systems like paychecks and some others that I don't always love. I know some people love ADP. There's different software you can sign up to process your own payroll. I think QuickBooks even has a way of processing payroll at this point. But essentially, you want to find a software that's able to do the payroll calculations so that you're not manually doing them. And that can either be with an accountant or you can go out and find that. So you need a way to process payroll and withhold withholdings from paychecks. You also need to register with the state's employment agency. So if you're hiring somebody in a new state, you need to make sure that you're registered with them and that you have a lot of times it's an unemployment account and a state withholding account number. And then you'll also be assigned percentages of what that is. And that will help you determine what you need to withhold from paycheck. So you need to make sure you're registered with those. So do a quick Google search register my company in XYZ state. Now, if you're hiring them in the state that you are already in, I'm sure your accountant has already done that for you. So just double check with them if that's something that you need to do. So those first three things is get an EIN, set up a payroll process with withholdings, make sure you're registered with the state. You don't want to register with the state until you know the person is for sure joining. So make sure you have a start date. But don't wait too long after they've started to register because oftentimes you have to withhold certain things from paychecks on their first paycheck. And sometimes it can take a week or two to get this information from the state. So just make sure you're doing it pretty timely. You also want to check to see if you have to have workers' compensation for your team members, depending on the state that you live in. New York requires it. There's some that require it. So do a quick search to see if that's needed. And then you want to make sure that you have every employee fill out a 99 form. And you have to do that within three days of their start date. They fill out a portion, you fill out a portion. It's called a form I-9. 
And that is where you also have to verify their forms of identification to fill out the form. And there's instructions for how to do that. You also need to have them fill out a W-4 form. What that is, it is a federal income tax withholding, and it helps determine how much federal taxes are going to get taken out of their paychecks. And sometimes some states also have a withholding form. So just look to see if that's a requirement in the state that you're operating in. And honestly, that's like it. That's all you actually have to do to hire somebody. It doesn't have to be super complicated, and it's actually not. But there are some things that you should put in place to help make sure that you're protected and that they're more likely to be successful. And so that would be making sure you have an offer letter to clearly define what what the terms are of them working for you. In almost every state except Montana, there's an at-will employment language in there. So that is best practice to have that signed. You also want to make sure you have a way of keeping track of records. So you want to keep track of anything related to payroll, timesheet, taxes, anything like that. Keep them in one spot. Now, what's nice if you have a system is it automatically does it for you. Like a payroll system can often also be where you house time off policies, where you house clock in and clock out. All of it's kind of there. But make sure that you have a record keeping system. Just set up a Google Drive with employees folders like names and just put their I-9 form in there. Put their W-4 form in there. Any forms that they sign put in there is best practice so that you have it should you need it for record keeping. So those are best practice. I guess another thing you're going to want to do is see if there's any labor law posters that you have to post and give to them. You should Google that as well. So that's really all you have to do. I guess I say it as though it's not that big of a deal because it's really not that hard once you have it down, but it's pretty simple. Now, to take it a step further, things that would be good to have in place to make sure that the person is successful is some sort of a 30, 60, 90 day kind of training and onboarding process, or at least check it. Have a cadence where You're checking in with them regularly and also just having real communication on how it's going. I recommend you do a light check-in at the 30-day mark and just do a quick start, stop, and continue. And actually, I don't even know that I would do that at 30 days. At 30 days, they're still learning. So it's like, what's going well? What do you still have questions on? This is how I feel like you're learning or that you could use help with or things that I think you could work on a little bit more. That's meant for the 30 days. The 60 days is a good time to do a start, stop, and continue. Like, what should they start doing that they're not? What should they stop doing that's not working? And what should they continue doing that's working well? And then at the 90-day mark, do a little bit of a more formal performance review process. It doesn't have to be this crazy thing, but have them do a little bit of a self-review at that mark. Like, what's going well? Ask them, how are they acclimating with the team? Ask them, what's an accomplishment they're really proud of? You could ask them what's something they want to work on in the next 30 days or that they still need help with. And then you also give them an update on how things are going, what's going well, what's not, what should they do next, that kind of thing. And then have that be in a Google Doc. Save the Google Doc as a PDF and then put it in their file so you have that there. Also, before you start to hire, you want to have some recorded SOPs. You want to have some documentation on how to do things for training videos so that they can go back and reference things if needed and really just have things documented before you hire. That is a really good thing to do. 
if you're hiring for the first time, you guys be hiring someone to do that for you. So have that be a part of their plan of like, hey, I need you to create some SOPs when you're doing things. That might be what they're tasked with, but it's really critical to have that. That's really it. It can be as simple as a 30, 60, 90 day process to check in with them, assess how they're doing and just have real communications. Because if you are serious about these check-ins, then they can be really meaningful and can lead to a lot of good conversations. I've had it happen countless times where after 90 days, if it's not working out with someone, they choose to opt out because they also know it's not working. And it also allows you to hire slow and fire fast. That's part of firing fast is doing these check-ins. So that's what I recommend if you're hiring for the first time or what you actually need to do to hire. It's not that challenging. And then best practices to make sure the person's successful is to at least set up a light training process and a 30, 60, 90 day review process. That's all easy. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. And before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to share something with you. If you're a small business owner looking to build your dream team hassle-free, keep listening. Or maybe you have fellow entrepreneur friends who keep struggling with making the right hires on their team. I just wanted to take a second to remind you that my team over at People Principles offers high level, what I would say the best headhunting recruiting services in the market. We take the guesswork out of finding the perfect candidates for your team. We help you set up your hiring process, creating interview guides and an interview flow for you. And then we go out and find the best people to fill your open jobs so that you can focus on growing your business. We understand that as a small business, every hire matters, and that's why we're here to help you make the right choices. Check out our recruiting services over at peopleprinciples.co forward slash recruiting. Let's take your team to the next level. 